0: One week to go till Christmas. I hope you're ready. Who's ready? Who's got a lot of work to do between now and then? Who's got some serious hustling to do, okay? Some presents to buy, all of that. Uh, well, at least today we can get some Santa photos. How many people are getting there, getting your annual Christmas photo with Santa out in the car park? That's just a gift that we can do. Uh, we've done that. Danielle sort of organized that over many years to get our kids to get, to get uh, the, the, the photo with Santa. And, and sometimes they're awesome, but sometimes they're not so awesome. Okay, and I found a few not so awesome Santa kids photos. That some of you, uh, who's got some challenging kids with Santa photos? Give me a wave. Come on, Who, who's like, yeah, they don't smile at, Appropriate okay. This, this here's some that you'll just have a look at. Let's ch- put the first one up. Uh, this is yeah, yeah. Come on, who feels like you've been there before? Uh, what about the kid? Maybe you were the kid and you'll feel quite traumatized by Santa. Tonight's your night for healing. All right, the next one. What else have we got? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, they look like triplets. We're praying for the triplet parents right there. That's uh, triplets and rangers. Love that. Beautiful. All right, next photo. There's actually a kid on the ground. Uh, that, that is a photo of three people. All right, that's not just two. That, I love how sweet, this one's smiling. I reckon she pushed him. That's what I reckon. She pushed the little kid, smashed onto the ground. And then my last one's my favorite one. Here we go, <laughs> so, so bad. All right, pull that down before someone gets a photo. Now, some of you have got a, a kid like that. Who of you have got a kid like that? Okay, who of you was a kid like that? Give me a wave right now if you're one of those kids who wanted to ruin the family photo. All right. Well, I, I, I trust that tonight's going to help us. All right. We're come- now, we're coming back. Oh, what I do want you to remember, not so much that photo, but is the throne and Santa. Everybody say the throne. All right, just remember the throne because in a a while I'm going to spin back to the throne and its relevance to us and to Christmas and to Jesus here tonight. Tonight, in this next little while, I wanna, uh, uh, you know, every service, someone preaches a message that's kind of designed to help you live your life better from Monday through to Sunday, not just to have a good Sunday, but to change your life from Monday to Sunday. And every week, um, often I'll be preaching or one of our team will be preaching. And there's, the, the purpose is to help us connect with God, to help us to understand God's ways and to help us live a life that honors God. And I find that when you live a life that honors God, God's way, that things work out for the better. And I love, Chris, your story about uh, being a Christian doesn't mean life's perfect, doesn't mean you don't have challenges. It just means that you've got an inner strength on the inside, a direct connection with God that makes a difference on a daily basis. And today I want to, tonight I want to talk a little bit about why we're celebrating Christmas. Why Jesus came, why He was born uh, to a Virgin Mary, why, why angels uh, sang songs of the, the incoming King, why magi traveled across continents to bring gifts of, of frankincense and gold and myrrh, what, why that was the point. And so I'm going to just share a few thoughts with us tonight. And I hope that, that tonight, uh, if you're far away from God tonight, you'll get a little bit closer to Him. Tonight, if you're feeling like, like you've lost a bit of hope for your life, if you're feeling like life's a bit of a mess or you're drowning, that tonight you'll connect with a God who will change everything in a moment. It's the greatest joy of my life to see that happen. The first thing I want us to know of why Jesus came. And, and it's something that often is misconstrued, but it's, it's quite simple. The, the most uh, popular, well-known scripture in the Bible is the, is the verse John 3, 16. And it says this, For God so loved the world. Everybody say loved. Okay, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I want you to know before you know anything else, because often we have preconceived ideas about church and Christianity, but I want you to know before you know anything else that the reason Jesus came is because God loves us. He, he absolutely, completely loves us. He loves you. Doesn't matter what you, whether you believe in Him or not, He loves you. Doesn't matter whether you're close to Him or not, He loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done, He loves you. He, he is thinking good thoughts towards you, the Bible says. The Bible tells us that there are more thoughts, more, God has more thoughts towards us than there are sand on the seashore. And that their thoughts that are good and then they're positive. It's amazing. What's the what's this love of God like? The, the the only thing that I could think this this year, two of my sons got married. It's been an expensive year, a.k.a. I'm quite happy to have the grandkids thing waiting a little bit longer, as we said, okay? Got to pay those weddings off before we get moving. But uh, So my, my oldest son, 25, whose name is Jackson, and, one, and my middle son, Mitchell, who's 23, both got married. And one of my favorite moments with my boys is when I went into a coffee shop and they said, oh, you must be Jackson's brother. <laughs> yes, that's just like... <laughs> That's like, I'm, I'm like, you're my new best friend. Can I come here every day? Anyway, so Jackson got married this year. Mitchell got married this year. And there's, there's a moment in every wedding. And because I'm a pastor, I get to do weddings. I've done weddings over the years. And there's a moment at every wedding that's just, it's, it's just so Beautiful. And, and, there's, and this is the moment because there's been months of preparation and there's, there's been dresses and cakes and flowers. And, and, you know, pretty much as the guy, we're pretty much got a venue, got a bride. Uh, yeah, we're good to go. It's pretty much all sorted. Apparently there's a whole lot more to that. But anyway, who knew? But, but there's this moment where the guys are waiting down the front and you're waiting for the, 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 the bride to come, your, your, your bride. And, and as dad, you're kind of standing down the front. And there, there was this beautiful holy moments over the 24 hours as our sons, would, we were hanging out with them and their, their friends. And, and then there's just, just this moment. And you see uh, the bride on dad's arm walking down the aisle. And you look, turn around and you see uh, your son kind of tearing up. And, and you feel this overwhelming emotion of pride and joy and love. And, and it's just, it's your heart. And, okay, I'm a crier. All right. That's, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, I, I have cried when people I don't even know are getting married and walking down the aisle. Because there's this, there's this it's just It's beautiful. As there's just so much love in the, in the moment. And, and that, that, there's like a sacredness. Uh, I'm not crying because I'm paying the bill for the wedding, just to be clear. I'm crying because there's, there's just this beautiful feeling of love. And, and that, that same kind of vibe is, you know, when, when I remember looking at my kids when they were first born, and, and you just, apart from having this freaky moment of what the heck am I doing... Okay. There's this overwhelming feeling of love. Now, apparently, grandparents that gets doubled. Uh, How many grandparents have we got in the room? Is that true? Is it doubled? Yeah. Like you, you now you know what you're doing, and you get to give them back. But you look at them, and it's like the offspring of your offspring, and it's there's this beautiful feeling of love. And this is what I I feel like, because this love is put in us. It's the way we're created. We're created in God's image and there's this love in us. And I feel like if if I could just bottle that feeling of love when you look at this little baby or if I could bottle that feeling of love when a husband looks at his bride walking down the aisle or a father's looking at his daughter as he walks her down, if you could bottle that fragrance of love, but then multiply it by thousands of times, you would have a touch of how much God loves you. He loves you. You're like, really? 100%. If only you knew how much your heavenly Father loves you exactly the way you are. He created you the way you are. Now, sometimes, and this is, the, this is what that Scripture says, God so loved the world that He gave. Sometimes, unfortunately, people have experiences with church or Christians or Christian schools, or, or some kind of school, and, it, and it, it misrepresents God. And so rather than knowing that God is full of love, and kindness, and, and compassion, and goodness, there, there's a feeling that God's just filled with judgment, and He's harsh, and He's down on you, and He's just trying to find you doing something wrong so He can, so he can punish you. And if you've had that experience in church or if you've had that experience in, in school, I, do, I want to just say, I'm sorry on behalf of, of God right now. I'm sorry. If, God, if you've had an experience that's, that's made you put a bad taste in your mouth about God, because I want you to know right now that He loves you. And the reason that Jesus came, number one, is because He loves you. And if you, if you don't remember anything else from tonight apart from how great the singers were, I want you to remember this, that God loves you. He knows your name. He knows your pain. He knows your dreams. He knows, what, he knows your plans. He's thinking about you, he, and He loves, loves, loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. That's awesome. The next thing I want you to know, why did Jesus come? He came because God loves you, but He also came, why? He came to, fi- he came to fix the mess. Jesus came to fix the mess. Now, I don't know if you've ever had this kind of moment or this kind of feeling. If you've, if you've ever you know, looked around and you're like, man, this, is, this world is so beautiful. We live on the Sunshine Coast because we, most of us chose to. How many were actually born on the sunny coast? Give me a wave. There it is, and the rest of us moved here by choice. That's about 90% of the room. One of the things I love about the sunny coast is if you're here more than a week, you're now a local. Welcome to the coast. You chose to be here, I chose to be here. This is this is the vibe, all right. And so, and you look around and you see it's beautiful. The the beaches and the mountains and and the the creation, it's it's magnificent. It's breathtaking. And you can look at it and go, that's incredible. God, so good. And then you can meet some people who are so kind and so selfless and so loving and so encouraging. And you're like, this is magnificent. Wow, what a, what a creation God has made. And then you turn the news on. You have some experience. You, you hear about stuff and you go, this place is messed up. There's so much that's wrong. There's so much pain. There's so much evil. There's so much hatred. There's so much greed. How did this all get so messed up? When, when on one hand, it's beautiful and it's glorious and it's magnificent. But on the other hand, it's messed up and it's toxic and there's, there's just bad stuff happens. How does that both coexist? Have you ever wondered that? You look at that and you go, Well, Jesus came. And he, here's the deal the, the, the reason that the world's magnificent and that people are awesome is because God created the world to be beautiful and magnificent. And He made humanity, you and me, in His image. He made us like Him. So every good thing that oozes out of you or me is because we're made in God's image. All right, so that's, that's the good part. But then there's a mess, there's pain. Where's the mess come from? The mess comes from just, just two basic things. God left us in charge of the world. He created us and said, we're going to be in a beautiful relationship with, that, with Him. If we follow Him, if we walk His ways, and He kind of basically gave this little test to Adam and Eve and said, uh, don't eat that fruit and everything else is yours, and just obey me and we'll live together in, in, in a beautiful relationship. And unfortunately, in a historic moment of, of, of the world, there was what we call the fall. And they disobeyed God. The devil in the shape of a serpent came and tricked them and confused them. And they they rejected God's leadership of their life. They rejected God's rule over their life. And since that moment, a corrupt virus has got into the human heart, a, a malware. And every one of us are born with this this corrupt virus in our heart. It's, it's, there's, there's not one person born on this planet who doesn't have a, I want to do things my way. It's, it's called sin is where we say, I want to do things my way, not God's way. And all of us have a sin bent. I'm not sure if you've ever driven a car that's not in alignment. You know, the wheel's not in alignment and you're driving along in this car and you take your hands on the wheel, which we don't recommend, but we take your hands off the wheel and it just pulls to the side. It's got, a, it's got a bent. It's got a pull. Anyone ever had a, a car like that? All right, I, I remember uh, when I was about 20 years old, I had a 1969 Corolla. It was my first car. And no power steering and, and no air conditioning unless you wound the windows down. And so that, that kind of car. And, so it, and it, had a, it had a bent. It had a, a, a pull to one side. And so I couldn't quite fix it. So if I take my hands off the wheel, although I did, I remember once before I was 25 and my brain connected with with the possible consequences, I learned how to drive with my knees. Come on. How many of you learn how to drive with your knees? Okay. If you're under 25 years old and a male right now, close your ears. All right, Hayden, close your ears. But I remember, and I looked it up today between the town of Niora, Gippsland, Victoria, and Puwong, awesome name for a town, okay, I, I played basketball in Puwong. it was a, a nine and a half kilometer drive, a windy, windy road, and because my car had a bent, and I'd learned to drive with my knees, I drove the whole way with my knees around all these curves. Now, I don't recommend that, I just, that's just, that's like a fun fact. Uh, and, and apparently at 25, your brain and, and consequence—your brain fully develops and then you're aware of consequences. So my excuse is I wasn't aware of the consequences at that particular point. Okay, okay right, that's what's going on. But I'm driving because my car has got a bent. It's got a, it's got a leaning and all of us have this bent in our heart. It's a bent away from God. It's a bent to live life our own way. It's a bent that, you know, to like, okay, God's provided instructions for life. He's put it down in the Bible. This is the way He wants us to live. And all, all of us in our, in our bent away from God, this sin bent we have, are kind of like me with the IKEA instructions. I mean, I feel like there's a section in hell with Ikea uh, put-togethers. Like, uh, I don't know. Does anyone here like Ikea Uh put-togethers? Okay, no, God bless you. That's awesome. (laughs) But for me, if you want to torture me, Put me, put me with a thing, it could be Ikea, it could be a bike, it could be anything and, and give me the instructions and the thing and I'm like, I'll try and I, my brain just doesn't work this way and I'll try and put it together and then I'll look and then I'll throw them away and go, how hard can this be, right? How hard can this be? And then I'll put it together and then it's all facing the wrong way and there's four bits left over at the end of it because I didn't follow the instructions. All right, just confession time. And that's the wiring of every single one of us. There's a wiring inside of us to go, yeah, I know God, you said live this way, but who do you think you are? I'm gonna work it out myself because I'm a smart male, female, whatever, whatever you are. I'm, I'm just, I'm independent. There used to be a King G ad that went, went like this where, where the guy was walking along with someone on the jetty and the guy's like um, this like really... Independent, proud guy, and his friends like now, quickly just don't jump in that boat, jump, don't jump in that boat. And he goes, I know boats, and he jumps in the boat and he goes straight through the boat. All right, that's how I feel like most of us are with God. He's like, Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And we're like, Don't tell me what to do. I know how to live life, I know how to treat people, I know how to be successful. And, and this is what the Bible calls a sin bent, or what I'm calling a sin, bent. it's a sinful nature. And all of us have got it. And Jesus came to destroy that sinful nature. It's control over us. Because although it sounds funny when it starts, it ends up destroying and leaving the world in a mess and you and I in a mess. We become greedy. We become selfish. We become self-absorbed. We become proud. We become critical. It's part of our wiring. And I know we can dress up on Sundays and dress up at the school uh, uh, fair and look like we've all, all got it all together. But inside of us, there's this, there's this split vibe going on of there's goodness in us because we're made in the image of God, but we've got this sin bent. And we need someone to come and deal with the virus on the inside. We need someone to come and deal with the corruption. And this is why Jesus came. Jesus ultimately came he ultimately came to bring God's kingdom from heaven to earth. We sing these songs. You notice, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her, her king. When the Magi saw a star in the, in the east, the Bible said, so the Magi from the east saw a star, it was announcing the birth of a king. And Jesus came as a king, into this world, born as a little baby, like a, such a different kind of king, a, a, a king who would lay down his rights, a king who would, who would uh, come and serve us, a king who would not, not parade over us. He laid down his rights in heaven as a king. Why? Because he wanted to bring his kingdom into our lives. He wanted to deal with the mess, the mess of this world, one person at a time, one heart at a time. He came to deal with the issues of our heart. And after a while, this is, this is kind of what happens, is this sin bent after a while leaves us broken. It leaves us broken emotionally. Anxiety cripples people. Depression gets on top of us. Fear dominates our lives. Greed dominates us. We become workaholics. All sorts, of this, this sin bent, it, it leaves us broken. And here's the thing. So often we don't realize that that's how we are. We just got used to living this way. I remember as a kid, now this is before we had remote controls, okay, so I'm dating myself. Give me, give me a wave if you can remember life before remote controls. All right, there's a few of us in the room who are over, 45 maybe. I remember when, you, so what you used to have to do, those of you who are under 30, when you wanted to change channel, you had to actually get up out of your seat, walk up to the TV, <laughs> I know, Josh, there was only like five channels, yes, and you had to turn the knob from one channel to the next channel, and then you would go back and you would sit down, and if you were from a family who was a little bit stubborn and lazy, and you wanted to change the channel, you would just have a a little war, I'm not changing it, you change it. No, I'm not changing it. You change it. Well, I don't mind this show. It's not a bad show. You're like, no, I want... And eventually someone would get up and change the channel. Okay, that's how it would kind of work. Now, what would happen in our house, I remember that the knob on the TV broke. And so now, now because the knob's broken on the TV, the little little turning thing, Braden, is this before your day as well? A little bit. Okay, okay. Just stay with me. All right, stay with me. It broke. So what we had to do, we didn't fix it. We just got some pliers. Okay. So you would have a set of pliers sitting on the, man, on, the, on the bench that the TV was sitting on. And when you get up to change the channel, you would turn the pliers to change the channel. Now it's broken, but you're just starting to get used to it. And then you'd get the antenna and the antenna, because there'd be a change with the antenna, the antenna would break. And what would you get? A coat hanger. All right. So you'd get a coat hanger and you'd put a coat hanger up and, and then you'd start moving it around the room when a certain weather pattern would come into the room and you'd get the coat hanger and you'd hang it up over here and, and this is literally what would happen. You'd get it into a good place and just as it, and you're like, is that it? They go, no, a bit more to the left. Is that it? A bit more to the left, a bit higher. And then like, bam, oh great, we've got a great reception. You're like, great, what am I gonna do now? I have to stand here the whole time And here's here's the thing. When you're in it, you don't realize that it's a problem. You just deal with it. You just live with it. So someone comes over and goes, what's with the pliers, dude? And they're like, and the coat hanger. You know you can get that fixed. Or the car. Some of you have had this. What about the car where the door's broken so you have to get through the passenger side? Come on, who's had one of those cars? All the uni students or the car, the door's broken, and the only way you can get in is if you leave the window down a little bit to put your hand in to open it from the inside. Who's had one of those cars? And you're like, you know you could get it fixed, but you just live with it. And that's what sin does to us. We get broken emotionally, relationally, Spiritually, which is the, the center of it all, we get broken, and it begins to affect us, and, and then we're like, well, you know, uh, yeah, okay, uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm starting to close down with relationships, and I'm pulling back, and and I'm 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 sort of living under a cloud all the time, and and I just think I'm not sleeping. Pro- I just think this is normal, and when Jesus came, he came to deal with the core problem, which puts its roots down deep into our life. And the fruit of it is just brokenness, relationally, emotionally, mentally, torment. He came to set us free. This is what Jesus, he came to bring. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And as the the keyboardist, as you come up, as we bring this to a close, here's what he did. He was born to, as a king, when Jesus was born, he was given three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, because he's the king, the king of heaven. That was a, a symbolic gift for his life. He's the king of heaven. Frankincense was what the priests would use when they worshiped God. So that was, to, that, that was the picture that Jesus would, would uh, go between you and I to God as a priest. He'd be a king who would come and rule and fix the mess. He'd be a priest. And the last one was myrrh. You're like, that's an unusual gift. What was myrrh? Well, myrrh was actually what you'd use to embalm a dead body. That would be like me coming into your baby shower and going, bought you a prepaid funeral package for your baby. <laughs> a little weird, right? And we've heard about it for years and we think, oh, this just normal. But when Jesus was born, He had three very distinct purposes. That He would come as a King and that God, that heaven would come. So many people think Jesus came to try and make us better. To try and point out where we're stuffing up and make us try a bit harder. That's not why He came. He came because He realised the world's messed up from the way God intended it. And the only way to change it was to deal with that sin bent on the inside of every person and to deal with the devil who would energize and multiply that, which he did. That's another sermon. But he came so that heaven would come into your heart and my heart, one person at a time. See, heaven's filled with love, peace, joy. And God's intention is that his kingdom would come into your heart. But here's how it works. Remember at the start, we talked about the throne. Santa's throne with the little kids, the little sus, but not your kids. In your heart, there is a throne. And whoever sits on the throne of your heart is the one who leads your life. And when you sit on the throne and make all the decisions and try and work it out yourself and rule in your own life, it's going to end up in pain and problems and falling short. But when you let this Jesus who came and paid a price for our sin when He died on a cross, that's why He was given myrrh because one day it was in His destiny to be a king, a priest, to rule, to stand before God on our behalf as a priest and ultimately die on a cross so that sin bent in you and I could be forgiven and changed. You can't change it yourself. No amount of New Year's resolutions, no amount of goal setting is going to deal with this bent on the inside. It's only through forgiveness and a new birth that Jesus offers that we can be changed. And so Jesus came. But the question is, he might come to, bring, to turn the mess around in the world, but it's just one heart at a time, one person at a time. Out the front, you walk past some letters that said J-O-Y, joy. That's our theme for our Christmas services this year. I remember in Sunday school being taught this, this is how you get joy. If you have Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. That's what joy is. And if Jesus is not the ruler of your life, he's not the one sitting on the throne of your heart, you'll just end up going around in circles because of this sin bent that will end up in brokenness, It will end up in pain. Might not be pain for you, but pain for others around your life. And so the question I want to ask you tonight is are you prepared to let Jesus come and sit on the throne of your heart because he wants to come into your life because he loves you. Can we close our eyes right now? Father, I thank you tonight for your incredible love. I thank you that we're celebrating that love. I thank you, Jesus, that you came to do what we couldn't do. You came to change us from the inside out the way we couldn't change ourselves. You came to fill us with love, to wash away our sin and to change us from the inside out. Lord, I know there are people in this room tonight and they're, they're stuck. I know there's people in this room tonight and you're like Chris, you went to a school, to a Christian home. You grew up in a Christian home, but you've drifted away from God. And it might look like on the outside, things are working great, but you know on the inside that there's not the joy and the happiness and the peace that, that you had when you were walking with God. So this is what we're going to do while every eye's closed. In a moment, I'm just going to ask you if you would like to receive God into your heart, if you want to put Jesus on the throne of your heart, if you want to receive his love and forgiveness. In a moment, just in your seat, I'm going to ask you if you want to do that either for the first time because you want a relationship with God or you want to come back to him because you once walked with him. Tonight I want you to come back to Him. God wants you to come back to Him. Doesn't matter what you've done, He wants you to come back to Him. And so in a moment, if that's you, you're saying, John, I want a relationship with God. I want to receive Jesus or I want to come back to Jesus. I'm going to ask you just in your seat to raise your hand and I'll say, I see it, and then you can put it down. Then we're going to pray a prayer together, a prayer surrendering to God, receiving His love and His forgiveness that comes through Jesus. Jesus. And asking Jesus to come into your heart. See, so you are created to be in relationship with God. There's a, Billy Graham used to say it like this, there's a God-shaped heart in your hole that nothing else will fill. No amount of pleasure, no amount of possessions, no amount of relationships, no amount of doing good, no amount of escaping, nothing will fill that hole. You can try but surrendering to Him is the beginning of a beautiful change in your life. So this is what we're going to do. If you're saying, John, tonight, yeah, I want God to come into my life. I want to begin that relationship. Or I want to come back to Him because I'm away from Him. Or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I just want you to put your hand up real bold, real, real quick and say, that's me. I, I need a change. Some of you need, you need a change in your life. Some of you, you're in a mess, and you've got to get out of a mess. Some of you have been holding out on God for decades, and tonight's your night to get right with Him. There's someone here tonight, and you're 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 a prodigal. You walked away from God. You've tasted the world, but it's left you with a bitter taste in your mouth. And you know tonight you need to get back right with God. So I'm going to count to three, and if you're saying that's me, I want a relationship with God, or I want to come back to Him, or maybe you're just not sure when you die if you're going to go to heaven. You're like, John, I I believe in God, but I don't have a confidence in my heart. I'm going to spend eternity with Him. If that's you in a moment, I want you to raise your hand as well, and we're going to pray. All right, we're ready to go. I'm going to count to three, and if it's you, I want you to put your hand up. One, this is asking Christ into your life, receiving His forgiveness. Two, it's getting on track with God and His way. Three, would you just raise your hand if that's you. Say, that's me tonight. I want to get right with God. Thank you. I see your hand down the back there. That's awesome. Who else right now, would you just raise it up high and say, that's me as well. I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. I feel an incredible love of God just beginning to come into the room. He's telling you, it doesn't matter what you've done. He forgives everything. You can get right with Him. If you want to get right with God, just raise your hand as well right now and say, that's me. I want to get right with God. I want to reconnect with Him. Thanks, man. I see your hand. That's awesome. Who else right now? Just raise it up real high. If that's you as well. You're like, yeah, I want to get right with God. Awesome. Thank you. See your hand. Who else right now? You, maybe this whole church seems quite new to you. And tonight you've heard how much God loves you and why Jesus came for you, maybe for the first time. And I want you to know if you respond to God, He'll come and flood your heart with His love and His peace. It's an incredible thing. I love watching it happen in people's lives. You don't have to understand everything about Christianity to invite Jesus in. This is not an intellectual decision. It's a heart decision. Is there someone else right now you want to join with these ones who have already raised their hand? You're saying, John, I want to get right with God. Raise your hand and say, that's me as well. His love's here to touch you, to bring change to you. I'm waiting for one more person. I can feel a wrestle in someone's heart right now. He loves you. He's for you. Will you surrender to him? Gonna look around the room one more time. You're saying, you can feel it. I, I can feel it. There's a tug of war going on in someone's heart right now. He's reaching towards you. Looking across the room right now, that that's you, we're going to pray in a prayer in just a moment. Just raise your hand if that's you. Say, yeah, I want to connect with God right now. I want to get right with God right now. Who's that person? Who's that person? Raise your hand up. Awesome. We're going to pray together. I want us all to pray with these ones who have raised their hands. I want you to pray after me, this prayer inviting him into your life. Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me. That you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me for my sin. I'm sorry. I'm turning to you tonight. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I receive your forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you tonight that I am forgiven, cleansed, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, put put your hands together for these guys responding. God bless you. Great decision. Thank you so much. For those of you who are responding to God and, re- and put your hand up, I'd love to invite you just to keep coming along to church. We're family. The best way that you build your relationship with God is with others. And so we'd love to help you to connect with God. Hey, God bless you guys. You're awesome. Thank you, Teresa. Back to you.